listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. All right, y'all can be seated. Man, I, I have waited for this day for a long time. Hey, can we just like clap just because we're here like randomly? All right. Yeah. Um, Man, this, this, is, this is awesome. And if we could real quick, if you are an incoming freshman, uh, that means you graduated here uh, from Southcrest or, or even you just found out about the journey and you're gonna be an incoming freshman, will you raise your hand? All right, I'll give it up for them. That's right. Hey, we're, we're excited you're here. And uh, honestly, this is, uh, for, for the summer, this is honestly um, a, a great crowd. I think a lot of you are just as excited uh, as, as me to, to get back to it. And so, hey, um, we've kind of been going through uh, in, our, in our series this summer, we've kind of been going through the fruit of the spirit. I wanted to let you guys know, um, back before all this stuff happened, we were in a series called Better Before Bigger. Y'all remember that? I was like, kind of familiar? Yeah, it's like, what? We forgot. Um, but we were in the, the book of First Corinthians. And I just want to let you know, just on the horizon, like we, we're not, we haven't abandoned that. Like we're going back to that. Before the summer series, we're going to stay uh, kind of in the fruit of the spirit and a few other smaller things. But hey, um, one of the things every single day, basically, that Zach Calderon has to deal with and a lot of our staff is they have to deal with me and Brandon Hayes and another guy on staff named Jack Louder talking about our CrossFit workouts. Um, and apparently it's, it's like a, like a, a virus. I hate to use that word, but it really is that just once you go, you begin just talking about it all the time. You don't even try to, it's really embarrassing. And, uh, Zach just points it out even more and more. But, um, one of the things that, uh, I've discovered as I've been trying to, uh, kind of focus on, on fitness more is that looking back at high school, the idea was, Hey Rhodes, just, just get, just get the weight up. Like the coaches didn't care about my form. They just like, see that weight, get it up. And somehow that was supposed to transfer to some sort of athleticism. And so 10 years later, my knees hurt, my elbows hurt, everything just, this hurts. And I'm only 28. So 50 is going to be awesome. I'm just so looking forward to it. Um, so, um, one of the things that I've had to do because of that is realize my form is bad. And so like I stepped into the CrossFit box and this is sort of, how I'm kind of wired. I'm a three on the Enneagram. And so I, I sort of walk into a space and I want to kind of fill out the room. Now there's a good side of that. Like you're kind of self-aware, but there's also a bad side of like, you want to be the best in the room. And so like, I immediately began my first couple of days, like searching, like, yeah, I'm stronger than that dude. I'm stronger than that dude. I'm stronger than that dude. And so I remember we had uh, a deadlift workout and that day, the biggest dude that I had seen uh, came in. He was like six foot four, probably like 280. And we could partner up for these workouts. And guess, guess who I decided to partner up with? The six, six, four, 280 guy. I'm like, I'm going to at least deadlift as much as this guy. Like, I'm going to do it. And so I get up. <laughs> I'm going to reenact this. Yeah, I'm going to reenact it. All right. So I, I get up and like, I get that first foot. Yeah. All right. Let's go put it down, just slam it down, like walk away. Like, That's right. You know, kind of see him struggling a little bit. And finally he, he makes this big jump in weight. And I'm just like, oh man, I didn't count on that. Like, I think he was just kind of, I don't know if he was bluffing or what he did, but I'm not gonna say how much it was because some of you may lift more than that and it hurts my pride. But anyway, it was a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight for me. Okay. And so I, I, I get up and I'm just like, and I instantly start using my back, which you know, that's, that's not good. And kind of like, just have a weird form where I kind of like get it up. And I set it down and I'm like, 
and I walk away. I'm trying to play it cool, you know, like I, I was hurting. As this happened, like early back in February, March, um, and even through most of COVID, like I still, um, it kind of like my back is kind of tweaked. So why did I tell you that? Guys, I, I went into the, the box, uh, that's what you call like CrossFit gym, and I, I assumed, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the strongest. And what I did was I signed up for a weight, tried to go for a weight that I actually wasn't equipped to handle. I didn't have the right form. I didn't have the, the right strategy to go into it. And so eventually I lightened up the weight. And you can imagine how um, humbling slash humiliating it was to see I was struggling with the bar the next day and there was a teenage girl next to me doing more weight. Seems like she was doing fine. Um, and so that is the nature of the past couple months of my life and trying to get fit. Um, but you know what helped though? When I stepped back and did like, went to a lighter weight, kind of looked at my form, I realized, you know, I, I want to be able to do this for a long time. I was putting a burden of weight on myself that I didn't need to do. That's not my goal. I just want to be fit. Why did I tell you that? One, so I could talk about CrossFit. That's why. The other reason is I sort of see this connection between that dumb story that actually is my real life um, and what we can often do in our Christian life and just our lives in general. Here's what I mean. I think a lot of us, we put burdens on ourselves we have these high standards of ourselves that, that Jesus never put on our lives. Um, with everything that's going on, especially around in the cult, and I can just leave it at that COVID-19 upcoming elections, the, the racial injustice and systemic injustice that's going on right now. Sometimes what can happen is we can engage in those issues and instead of them being something that we just care about, what can happen is just like me lifting too much weight is they can begin to be so burdensome that they kind of crush us. And what we need to do, and what I'm going to encourage you to do, is I think I want to step back and look and see, hey, what is, how, how does Jesus kind of address how we do this with the Christian life? Because I don't know about you, as I'm looking and, and been in tune with social media, been in tune with the world, I'll be honest, sometimes it, it's like, oh man, this is, this is heavy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is heavy. There's been times where I can't just, I don't try to always scroll through Instagram constantly, but I got about five to 10 minutes. So I'm like, Whew, all right, that's, that's good for the day. My goodness, I've got, I've got my thoughts for the day. And so because of that, and I'm, I'm counting on believing that some of you are in that same place. Um, when we feel that weight in life, whatever, whatever it may be in your Christian life, um, and just all the weight of what's going around us, does Jesus speak to that? And so the ultimate question that I'm led to tonight is, what is Jesus's invitation? What are his words that he speaks to people that are tired and weary, people that are um, exhausted or maybe discouraged in life? And so for those of us that feel the weight of going on, what, what is Jesus's answer for this? Like, how are we supposed to approach this? Because I don't want to disengage from it, right? But I don't want to engage with all the issues around us so much that I'm just walking around miserable all the time. We're called to joy, but we're also called to care about these things. And so um, I hope I can tell I got some of your attention. So let's, let's dive in. And so we've been going through the fruit of the spirit. Let me just list those real quick. Galatians, click real quick. Galatians 5, verses 22 to 24. Um, the fruit of the spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
And so in the journey that we've kind of gone through, through the fruit of the Spirit, where we're going to land tonight is in kindness, goodness, and gentleness. And you're like, Cole, why, why did you land there? I began thinking about it. Have you ever met someone that was kind but wasn't gentle? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you have? Oh, man, that kind of ruins my point. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the other direction. I've never met someone who, like, would seem to be a kind person but wasn't gentle or someone that was gentle was like, but they're really a bad person. You know what I mean? And so what I think functionally as we look at these things and you're going to see from the passage tonight that we're diving into is that it's really hard once you look at the fruit of the spirit, if you're bearing that through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's kind of hard to be having one fruit, but not the other. And so tonight what we're going to do, we're going to lump these together and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. I want you guys to look there. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And what I want us to see and zoom in on is the kindness, goodness, and gentleness of Jesus. What is Jesus' invitation to tired and weary souls, those of us who um, can be discouraged during this time? Let's pick up in verse 28. It says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we're feeling, we're feeling tired. We're feeling the weight of things going on around us. What does Jesus say? Jesus first says, verse 28, he says, come to me and find rest. All right. So how many of you have heard this passage before? It's, it's pretty familiar. Yeah. So like you probably heard if you listen to tracked with any church for even a period of a year. This is very common. Um, one of the things that happens is that we see that word come, and yes, it is an invitation, but here's how we normally read it. We normally read it as Jesus like, yeah, hey, if you, uh, if you have time, maybe just come on over. You know, just, just think about it for a little bit. There's some other people you can come to as well. You know what? That's not actually the idea of the text. This is actually an imperative. Jesus is like, come, like almost a father to a son, like where the son's off where he's not supposed to be. It's like, hey, son, come on, let's go. And so I want you to, from the very start, I want you to see that Jesus is, is not leaving it up for grabs. Like he's saying imperatively, I am the one to come to. All right. So here's another misunderstanding. You see this word rest. I think for a long time in my life, what I've kind of read this as, I don't know if you have, um, you hear people say this in some good ways, man, I just, I just wish I could rest in Christ. And some people mean I just don't want to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some people want to live this like no, nomadic lifestyle out in, the, out in the mountains, doing some kind of Zen Buddhism or something like that, drinking some hot tea, watching the sunrise, like just resting in Christ. All right. So this is not that kind of idea. All right. And so it's still comforting. But this idea of resting in Christ is that one, we're resting in his finished work on the cross, but also we can rest in Christ knowing that at the end of our labors, there's rest to be found. Let me dive into this a little bit more. Um, here's, how, here's how it was worded in one of the commentaries. It's relief amidst the labor of life. And this makes sense because we, we still have to work, right? How many of you are working right now? Just some, some sort of job. Like, like, it's good. Like God created work. And so it's not a call to quit school or your job or, or whatever it is. It's a posture of knowing first that there is rest in Christ. And what Jesus is really tapping into is he's tapping into these, the, the laws and regulations of the religious leaders at the time. Now, did, did any of you know that 
When you look at the law, like the Old Testament, you're reading um, in, the, in the first five books, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I mean, there's a lot there, but even if you're just looking at Leviticus, there's a lot of stuff there. They were, did you know this? They were adding stuff to that. Religious leaders at the time of Jesus' day, they were adding more things to that. And so what Jesus is tapping into is that, hey, there are these guys that are saying the same thing, saying, come to me. Come to me and, and find rest. It was a very common invitation. But they were putting a standard and regulation of which they could not uphold. And they knew it. They were putting burdens on people which they themselves could not uphold. And so Jesus is saying to them, hey, actually come to me and find rest. And so here's, here's an idea I had. So I had this college roommate. Uh, his name was, was Mason. And I, I respect what he wanted to do. Starting our freshman year, he's, um, he needed to lose some weight. And I was like, man, that's great. Gain the freshman 15. Let's lose the freshman 15. Gain it again at 25. Just let, letting you know it happens. Anyway, um, so he, he like got on the treadmill all the time, started eating right. And he really did. He slimmed down like he was looking so good. And I was like, dude, that, that's great, man. Well, what he kept doing, even after he slimmed down, he, was, he kept like raising the bar. Like he, he was fine. And it, it got to where he, he kept losing weight and he kept just making this impossible standard of which he couldn't uphold. He just, he said, yeah, I need to lose more weight. I'm like, Mason, are, are, you, are you eating anything? He's like, no, not much, man. We're like one meal a day. And I said, like, how much are you running? He's like, oh, five miles, like twice a day. I'm like, Mason, are you crazy? Like, dude, what, what's, what's your goal? And he didn't know. And so he was setting a burden. He was setting a standard on himself that he couldn't meet. And so I think a lot of us, we can do that. We can be burdened. In, in resting in Christ, a lot of us, this is an example, just trying to be faithful to the Lord, um, wanting to be in the word, wanting, wanting to pray, wanting to give God your life and, and for him to use it for your glory. If you be honest, sometimes if you were to just paint a picture with your life, the colors in that picture would not represent rest. Is that fair? Like it wouldn't be a, a picture and a silhouette of, of rest in Christ. And sometimes what it looks like is, is a lot of stress, a lot of burdens that he never called us to hold up. And so um, I guess my application for this first point is I think what we need to do, and that was a practical application, is seek out intentional times to actually come to Jesus and evaluate hey, have I been ignoring this call this whole time to come find rest in him? Like, is my life marked by that? When people are around me, would they say like, yeah, like, hey, I've, I've seen them go through some hard things, but man, for the most part, they seem um, at ease and composed. Or is it like, man, this, this person, like they always seem to be stressed out. And so in our, in our pursuit to live faithfully and do good, yes, work and, and labor, but we do it in a posture of rest in Christ. And so I know, here, here it is again. Some of you are like, I, I don't, even though saying that, you're like, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to rest. And honestly, kind of a weird, weird topic, maybe, at our first night back, like, we're supposed to be like, energy amped up, and you're talking about rest. I can tell you from getting to talk with a lot of us through COVID-19 in this time, this is, this is an area of growth, right? This may be a time we use this summer to lean into actually, hey, are we sitting at, are we sitting at Jesus' feet? And so that's why we're going to focus in on this tonight. And so if you say, hey, I still don't know how to rest, the ultimate reason why is because 29 and 30 verses here um, are key to understanding that. And so 
What is Jesus saying first to weary and tired people? He's saying first, draw near to him and rest. And we're going to keep moving on. Y'all check out verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So take, take my yoke. Did anybody, when you were little, did you ever think Jesus was saying yolk, like egg yolk? You ever think that? I was like, how are you, how are you supposed to get a yolk? Like, you know, like put a yolk. I did. I don't know if y'all resonate with that. Anyway, all right, I tried. Come on, guys. Y'all need to wake up. Dad jokes, all right? Like laughing just made me feel better, all right? And so yolk, <laughs> um, the idea of yoke, just kind of ancient idea, is that two oxen would be placed on each side of this yoke to plow a field. Now, an Old Testament understanding, and they would say you're under the yoke of the law, which basically meant you were following the law. So picture like your whole life, you've got the law on your back, like, like, and you're just kind of walking along, and it's always kind of weighing you down, not necessarily in a bad sense, but it's informing your life. It's always there. And so Jesus is tapping into this, but guess what? He's telling them that the yoke of the law, the yoke of the Pharisees is actually not the yoke. He's saying, come take my yoke. There, here's what a commentator said. I'm going to read two back to back. Y'all, y'all lean into this. He says, but how different is his yoke? That's Jesus. It's not really obedience to any external law at all, for it is first and foremost loyalty to a person, Jesus, which enables the disciple to gladly and therefore easily, without feeling that he's struggling under a weary burden, do what that person would have him to do. That's Jesus. If men loved him, they would keep his commandments. That's John chapter 14, verse 15, where such a relationship exists. The disciple in Jesus, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Y'all see that? Jesus calls us into a relationship not a burden. And so here's another commentator. His name's Craig Keener. He says this, Jesus's yoke is not lighter because he demands less. Because we know in the Sermon on the Mount, he raises the, the bar and says, you cannot attain righteousness. You think you can. So it's not because it's lighter or that he demands less, but because he bears more of the load with us. Y'all see that? And when it says that his load is easy and his yoke is easy and light, easy isn't really that could be translated as kind. See, we see the, the difference between religious leaders who put a standard on people that they themselves couldn't follow and didn't care, and the kindness of Jesus to say, hey, I'm going to actually give you a yoke that's, that's, that's easy and light and kind, and actually I'm, I'm going to bear all that weight. So I think the best way to illustrate this, where's the music stand that I can actually use? Here, I'm going to use a mic stand over here. If something bad happens and just... You have a story about your first Tuesday night back. All right. And so let's just say, um, like, here, here's a yoke, right? I'm not going to do a CrossFit workout. Don't worry. I'm done with CrossFit references. All right. I think I am. Hold on a second. Let me check my notes. I'm just joking. I'm done with them. So this, I'm standing in the middle, right? Well, here's the thing. A yoke is actually designed, I'm not getting my mic messed up. A yoke is actually designed to have a, have a partner. And so here's what we kind of look like. Here's the image. When we're walking through life, heavily burdened, not under Jesus's yoke, not walking with Christ, not letting him bear those burdens, we kind of look like this and under a heavy weight and we're kind of like limping and, and, and we're struggling and we're kind of like falling over. 
Um, and this is kind of, and we get lower and lower and lower. It's kind of like our body aches and hurts. And we just, we're not really making much traction in life. This, this looks awkward, right? It should look awkward. That's what I'm going for, all right? So get this picture in your mind. Mauricio, come up here, brother. Y'all give it up for Mauricio. I really wish I had like a barbell or something. But. Um, so again, the picture, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. So I'm going to put this. Can we share this? Is it long enough? You got it, brother? Man, he's so strong. I got the buffest guy at the journey to help me out. All right, bro. So like we're, we got this yoke on us. We're, we're partners, right? We're walking. Let's walk, bro. He's got all the weight, man. So that's it. All right, can we turn around like that way? You got it. Like to do tiny feet. There we go. Awesome. Sweet, so synced, man. Love it. All right, so this is the, the kind of general idea of yoke, okay? Now check this out. I'm going to give Mauricio all of the weight. Put it in the middle. You got it, bro? Hold it. Now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to walk beside him. Pretend. Let's just walk, all right? I have, no, I have no weight on me, but I get the joy of walking um, technically under the same yoke. There it is. Y'all see that? All right, bro, you can put it down. Y'all give it up for Mauricio. Thanks, man. I asked Mauricio if he would do this. I said, basically, you're going to end up being Jesus by the end of this. All right. So did y'all notice what I just did? The last picture is that I gave Mauricio all of the weight, but I was still walking with him under the yoke. Y'all seeing this connection here? This is the picture of what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm, I'm going to set a standard. I'm going to tell you to come to me, to follow me, to learn from me, put my yoke upon you. And you're going to walk through life like there's still going to be hard things that you're going to do. Like you're not just going to live this life of like rest and peace and nothing bad ever happens. But you know what? At the end of the day, when you start to feel burdened, it's because you're acting as if the weight's yours. Put it back. Jesus said, put it back on my shoulders and just walk with me. Is that not beautiful? Like we're walking through the hard things, but Jesus is bearing the weight of all those things, guys. That's the picture that he wants to get in mind. And so Jesus is calling us, guys, get, get under his yoke and walk with him. And so if some of you are, man, you're struggling like, like, how can I trust that Jesus is actually going to bear my burdens? I've talked, two of them aren't here. Um, there's two guys in the journey the past week, like, texting me, like, uh, a grandfather, like, uncle passed away. Like, it's a fair thing to ask, like, how can I trust that? Like, I've experienced death in my family. I've experienced hardship in my family. I'm going through hard things right now. Look at the world. How can I actually trust that Jesus will bear my burdens? Like, he has made it so clear. Come to me. I'm the burden bearer, but how can I trust that, especially when I look at what my life tends to be like? Hey, David, I'm so sorry. That's not yet. I'm sorry. I gave him a cue. <laughs> sorry, man. We're not there. I'm sorry, guys. I told them that was the cue, and I told them I may change it. Sorry, brother. That was on me. <laughs> They're like up here for like 20 minutes playing. <laughs> that was on me. Oh, man, I can't get it back together. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus, take that weight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I totally, I'm totally lost. Hold on a second. Um, so how, how can we actually trust that he's going to bear that burden? Guys, we repeat it over and over again every week. We look 
no further than the cross. The greatest burden that could ever be born, the greatest thing that he could, he could ever do, the greatest need we ever had, he met at the cross. And so any other thing that we're dealing with in life, it's not insignificant, but it can't be as hard as bearing the weight of all our sins, bearing the yoke and curse of the law on the cross. And not only that, giving us righteousness as a free gift so that when God looks at you as a believer in Jesus, he doesn't see your mess. He doesn't see all the stuff that you've done in the past or still struggle with in secret, but he looks at you and he says, I see Jesus. I see the righteousness of Jesus. That's how we can trust him. And so what does Jesus say to us? And one more CrossFit reference. When we are weighed down, Jesus says, get yoked, guys. He does. He says, get that, get that yoke of mine on your shoulders. And so there's one more piece I want you to look at tonight in verse 29. So first, when we're weighed down, we, we draw near to him and rest. When we're weighed down, when we're burdened, Jesus says, hey, put, put my yoke upon you. And then in verse 29, the second part of it, he says, learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. So when we're tired and weary, Jesus lovingly invites us and calls us into what I'm going to call tonight the humble learner's chair. And why do I say that? First, he says, learn from me. Now look at this verse again. Learn from me. And how does he describe himself? For I am what? Gentle, right? And what was the other word? Lowly in heart, some may say meek or just lowly in general. Okay. So Jesus is saying in all of this, hey, come to me, find rest. Here's my yoke. And then learn from me. And he's pointing to what? His attributes. And so learn from me. I want y'all to lean into this. A lot of us miss this part. A lot of us want Jesus to die for our sins, but we have no intention of laying down our lives for his glory. And it's so important that we don't miss this. When he says lowly in heart, it's literally a word for humble. So we learn. He's asking us, hey, look in, look at my life. Learn from the gentle humility of Jesus. Jesus calls us into his gentleness. He calls us into his kindness and humility, all right? We're blessed by it. He carries that yoke like, hey, feeling, feeling the weight, you're not, your life isn't reflecting reality. Jesus carries that. The blessing of that is tremendous. And then he calls us to turn around and show that same humble gentleness and kindness to others. This is, this is a fruit of the Spirit. This is why we went to this passage. This is why all these are gathered together. We see the kindness and goodness and the gentleness of Jesus all in one. Would you say it's fair to say that Jesus perfectly bore the fruit of the Spirit? I, I think so. Like he wouldn't ask us, Galatians 5 wouldn't ask us to do something that Jesus himself didn't do. Now, how many of you, when you hear gentleness, when you, just be honest, when you hear gentleness, do you think of like a really like strong and mighty person, like any hands? Probably not. Hunter's like, yeah, I know you don't, bro. Um, so oftentimes when we hear gentleness, when we, what we think of is like, like, oh, sweet, meek little Jesus just over there loving on people. Look, look at him over there. He's healing someone again. Oh, sweet Jesus. Well, he never judges anybody. He just goes up. He just loves on people. Sweet little, meek little Jesus. Little five foot, 735 pound Jesus. That's what, that's, isn't that not dumb? I can, you know why I can say that? 
because that's a false God. I'm not talking about the real Jesus. If I was, I'd definitely lightning strike right now. I think he knows. He knows my heart. He knows that's a false Jesus. That's the picture we have of Jesus. We forget about the Jesus who walked into his father's house and turned tables because they turned it into a den of robbers. Here's the definition of biblical biblical gentleness. Often think of Jesus as what I described, but the biblical view of gentleness is defined as this, exercising God's strength under his control. I.e., we demonstrate the power of the gospel without undue harshness. Now, what you think about that? How countercultural is that? Hey, demonstrate the power of God, but don't be harsh about it. As Christians, we have objective truth. We have all the answers. And you know what a lot of us want to do? We want to be jerks about it. Or we just don't engage because we're like, ah, they'll figure it out. But in a world where the culture just wants to yell at each other, to be harsh, to not be gentle, to not be humble, we want so badly, we eat it like candy. We get on news outlets and social media outlets. We say, oh, this tastes good. I want to see people yell at each other. And that's not gentleness. And we put ourselves under the yoke of leaders, under the yoke of, in some places not here at Southcrest, under the yoke of even pastors, who are not representing Jesus, who are not gentle and humble and kind. The picture of biblical gentleness is that you might see the power of God displayed under control without undue harshness. And so the trouble is, is that these voices are so loud a lot in our culture, like the, the yelling. And for the most part, a lot of them and by the way, side note, I'm not talking about protesting. What I'm talking about is the voices that are loudest, that get all the attention, are mainly ineffective. You know why? Because they're not doing it the way Jesus said to do it. Jesus changed the entire universe forever as a gentle, humble servant. Not someone with a megaphone that just yelled and didn't listen. You know, like, you look at the teachings of Jesus, you know he actually, God himself in the flesh, asked people questions during his teaching. That confounds me. Like he had all the knowledge to just teach them and he actually asked them questions to help them arrive at truth. Like the only person that doesn't have to be humble was. And so in our culture today, we need to not only look for those people who bear that fruit of Jesus, but we need to be that. It's time that we take what we know and what we've learned from Jesus And we shine that light of biblical gentleness into a harsh, loud, and hateful world. We demonstrate the power of the gospel right without undue harshness, without cruel words, without trying to tear people down. And we demonstrate it in a spirit of gentleness. That's what Galatians 6, 1 says, literally demonstrate in a spirit of gentleness. Right after the fruit of the spirit, Paul's like, practical application right here. As you're interacting with this brother or sister, you may have to say some hard things. Do it with gentleness. What's funny is that a lot of us right now, especially when things can get heated, we can say, Cole, dude, that's not going to work. We got to be louder than insert whoever else. We got to be stronger. We're going to get run over. It is our job to model, to learn from Jesus, right? I believe that we see that it's clear that what he said to learn from him, I, I can't make it up. It's right there. Our job is to model Jesus' gentleness, but it's God's job to, end quote, make it work. Does that make sense? 
that God works through us walking in the footsteps of Jesus. So he calls us into the same humility that he had. You know that passage, take up your cross and follow Christ? You've heard that passage? It's because his posture actually led him. When he was before Pilate, did he defend himself? Did he yell and say, I haven't done anything wrong? No, it's mainly silent. His posture before people, before opposition, was gentle and humble and kind. And the reason he tells us to take up our cross is because it may be the sacrificing of our lives literally, but very much in a metaphorical sense. It may cost us our reputations. It may look, make us look weak. But in the eyes of God, he said, that's power. That's power. And so you tired and weary, Jesus says, come to the humble learning chair. Watch and learn from him. Let me, let me think to make sure caveats. Like I've said it. Um, not, not, talking about, um, not talking about protesting. Um, not, not saying there's not a time to, to, I would say, I wouldn't use the word fight. I would say defend, defend the cause. That's the biblical language, actually. It says defend the cause of the oppressed, not, not fight for. It's, it's always a, a posture. If we want to protect, we don't want to throw swords at Trade your swords for plowshares. Um, I'm looking right now at the, the voices in our, our culture. I'm looking at, and I, I was thinking about, man, listen to the voice of Jesus. Okay, he says, come to me, learn from me, watch me, like, observe my life. And check this out. Is that, not, is that not what we're hearing a lot? Are we not hearing constantly from all these different directions? Hey, come over here. Take this side. Learn from us. Say, say these things. Don't, don't say these things. All sides. Middle. I'll stand in the middle. Let's learn from me, whatever. Okay, over here. This isn't left and right. I, I don't even know what direction you're seeing. Left, right. Okay, that's not what's happening, okay? Hey, learn from me. Think like this. Adopt this worldview. We're right. We're the, we're the ones that can take care of it. And it's coming from everywhere. And it's confusing. And if you're like me, I'm like, I get kind of caught up in just like, gosh, this is hard. They're saying the same things that Jesus was calling people to 2,000 years ago as a teacher, as a leader in the community. But Jesus is saying, saying, come to me and learn from me. Again, he's come to me. He's claiming to be the objective one of which we learn from. Y'all see that? And so if that's true, which I, I believe it is, how do we know, here it is, David, <laughs> how do we know that we can actually trust him? Because so many people have said that before in the past. That's why there's so many religions, there's so many sects, there's so many cults, there's different ideologies. When Jesus says, come to me and learn from me, how do we know that we can actually trust that? And here's how. Here's how we can know. He's gentle, he's humble, and he's kind. He's a fresh breath of air in a culture that wants to be heard more than they actually want to help or listen. Jesus hears our prayers and actually intercedes for us. Y'all know that? Like Jesus himself, when we pray, he intercedes for us. Like, could you imagine, I want you to think about this. The one who calls us says, come to me, hey, learn from me. Right, if we could see it physically, like, 
Jesus is interceding for you on behalf of the Father constantly. I know, I know them. Lord, help. Isn't that crazy? That's what that verse means. And so, how do we know we can trust him? We look at the fruit of his life. We look at the fruit. We see his kindness and gentleness. We see that he actually, also in Romans 8, is working all things for our good, not his own agenda. And we, you know how we know that? He died for us. He was concerned about the Father's agenda to seek out our redemption for his glory. Is that not good news? That's good news. So practicals for tonight. What would it look like tomorrow? All right, tomorrow. If you're a note taker, here it goes. I'm not saying they're perfect applications, but let's get those notes out. What would it look like tomorrow to apply this passage to my life? Number one, we labor alongside Jesus versus going solo. That awkward, what do we use? A, a mic stand. That awkward picture. As soon as you start doing, I want you to picture that. That's weird. It's not right. The yoke belongs to Jesus. He calls us to walk with him in every moment. Whatever you're going through, remember, Jesus is right there. He's with you. He's bearing the load of the yoke that he calls you into. Number two, for some of us here, I can't, I can't know for sure. Some of us, for the first time, you need to put your faith in Jesus and what he's done and actually lay the burdens of your sin down at the cross and accept what he's done for you as a free gift so that you can be reconciled in right relationship to God. And the last one is, church, I believe this applies to most of you. And we're going to lean into this hard. I don't know what it looks like. I get kind of scared because I've never done this before. But we want to come alongside the oppressed. And we want to point them to and be to them the great burden bearer. We can't be the greatest burden bearer, but we can model Jesus. And we point them to Jesus. We walk alongside them and we show them the better way. As those who can get weary, exhausted, and hopeless, we point them to Jesus who enters our world in a powerful, gentle humility, and we, we ask questions, we listen, we care for, we love. Did y'all hear ask questions and listen? Yeah, those are important. What Jesus has done for us, we do to others. So in a crazy time where we're compelled to follow billions of directions and voices, in steps the voice of Jesus. He calls us to himself. He offers rest. He offers to bear the load of our burdens. And he offers to teach us not only a better way, but the best way. And that is the way of gentle humility. That's not a reduction speech. That's scripture. We got to start there. And so in our pursuit to follow a movement, remember to first follow your maker. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this, this clear word. I thank you for the words of Jesus. God, we're going to sing uh, very simply the words from Matthew 11 here in a minute to, to come to you. That, that, is, that is your voice, Father. There are complex things going on in our world, and I can even tell after this message um, that, that there's a lot to go. Uh, we've got a lot, long way to go. Um, but we do, and all of that we strive to do here in the journey as a ministry, as we come back together, God, we want to um, walk under the yoke of Christ and 
We want to experience rest. God, we want to um, model biblical gentleness. Um, Father, we desperately want the church to begin shining a light into things that um, are going on. And we know that you empower us to do that. And so, God, right now, though, we're going to worship you. We're going to look to Christ, who is way more than just an example. He is our Lord and our King, our Maker. And pray this in his name. Amen. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.